0: Howdy. Howdy. Well, I think this part, at least, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, so hopefully that should be all right. There was a story about a Japanese uh, fighter pilot. The name, I believe, is pronounced Nobao Fujita. In uh, 1942, he became the only enemy fighter to have flown an enemy plane over the continental U.S. during World War II. Most all the rest of the war was in other places Even being over in Hawaii, but not the mainland of the US and yet In dropping bombs during this time He ended up creating fires off the western coast particularly in places like Brookings, Oregon and Because of what had happened many of these areas these towns were utterly destroyed by forest fires But 20 years later, in 1962, Fujita came to Oregon and brought a 400-year-old samurai sword with him and went to Brookings, Oregon to apologize and to ask for their forgiveness and bestowed the samurai sword upon the city, which still proudly displays that sword to this day you see in this moment is that as much as a person may say that they were justified in their actions is that at the same time making that effort ends up creating a level of forgiveness that the people would not have known or been able to have offered otherwise you see today's gospel lesson It could very easily turn into, you need to forgive because God forgives us, done. And I get to tell you all what you're supposed to do, and you leave out of here, and you've got your marching orders. How many of you think that forgiveness is that easy to deal with? Okay, nobody's raising their hands. Good. Thank you. I was really making sure about that part But the thing is is that forgiveness is something that ends up Always having limitations in our minds We are regularly thinking of forgiveness as something that has to be kept in certain boundaries We either think of it as something we're giving or receiving But we have to make sure that we only go so far Because if we are too forgiving then the world thinks that we are pushovers Or if we think of ourselves as being forgiven for too many things Well, we know we can't earn it So then does that mean that we've lost our self-confidence? Because we have to keep thinking about all the ways in which others are forgiving us So when jesus says That we must forgive our Father in Heaven will not forgive us, he's really just trying to use hyperbole. And he's really just trying to make a point, not saying that there would not be a withholding of forgiveness by God. Right? The thing about this is that we oftentimes glaze over this passage. But it runs deeper than just saying now go forgive people because I've told you to. I want to spend a moment and I want to look at the king with his servant. Now, I don't know about you, but I've seen quite a few Apple commercials over time. Um, Whether or not I like it, whether or not I buy any of it, I'm going to see Apple commercials. And one of the things that I always find fascinating is the times whenever one person doing something in the Apple commercial now has effects that have spread out through the entire world. One person has now helped lead another person across the street, and now that person who's helped across the street is picking up the litter, and somebody else who saw the litter being picked up is now going to come and bring food to someone in need, who then, and so on and so forth. And the thing with this is that this is oftentimes the way that we want to look at how the world is supposed to work one good thing leads to the next And you see in our story The king with his servant is beginning an apple commercial The truth is is that he is there and he is fully capable of taking what he wants the passage does not say The king has called in his servants so that he can forgive them. No, no, no. He's called them in to settle the debts. Look at the context. The king is calling them in either to get his money or throw them in prison. This is not someone who starts off as kindly. This is not a king who starts off merciful. This is a king who is willing to go ahead and sell the servant and his family to get at least something out of them. And yet at this moment, what does the servant do? The servant begs for forgiveness. Now, we're not always used to seeing forgiveness in our world. We have seen whenever a general has marched up to the capital of his country and then was told that if he would back down, all would be forgiven and he could leave, only to find out that a few months later, he has died mysteriously in a plane crash. We do not live in a world that randomly forgives out of the kindness of its heart, and yet, what does the king do? the king ends up seeing the man he sees the person and in his heart what does he do he bestows forgiveness and releases the debt now in this story one person's forgiveness is meant to now change things so think about this you've now seen the king who has been owed this massive amount by the servant, who has now forgiven all of it. What should naturally flow next? Think about it. When you just read that one piece, what are you expecting to see? If someone owed him a small amount, what should he probably do? Absolutely. Thank you, Jenny. All right. Hey, I can always count on at least one person to answer. With that, is now we see this servant go out. And when you see his response to his fellow servant, what feeling does that put inside of your stomach? Yes, that's exactly what you get in response. Yes. I, I think he was yawning, but it was like a really weird, cringy like, like, like moment. It was good with it is that's exactly how we're supposed to feel with this story is that we're supposed to feel sick mad upset we see this man who's been given everything and what does he go and do he immediately goes off to extract what he can from his fellow servants so does this look like the king's kindness has had any real effect on the servant so now how do you think the king is supposed to feel you see the thing is is that as much as we might think of those who are in authority as just being some distant governing body is that they're people too they like to think that whatever they did may have had a good influence on the world around them I mean, I still remember when I was a kid and I saw Rocky IV for the first time. And the thing is, is that in 1985, it showed us that Rocky defeating Drago at the end was going to lead to the downfall of the Soviet Union. Now granted, I didn't see it in 1985 because I was five. I saw it in 1989 when I was nine. And of course, as we know, Shortly thereafter, the Soviet Union fell. And in my mind, I was like, man, thank you, Rocky. It took a while before I realized that Rocky was a fictional movie that had absolutely no effect on geopolitical affairs in the world. And that and the fact that it wasn't actually in my history books as a child. But what I saw with it, though, was this feeling, this desire, that if we have influence, we want to think that it's going to matter. I know I feel that way oftentimes. There are times whenever I will preach something up here, and then I pause, and I see maybe the very next day somebody who had been in the congregation doing the exact opposite of what was the point of the sermon, and I'm standing there thinking to myself, oh, good job, well done. Let's preach another one. But the thing is, is that forgiveness is meant to end the spiral of what we see in the world around us. It's meant to change things. But the point is that with the king is that he's expecting that what he did to the man would matter to him. Because if we don't see it in ourselves, then what was the point in the first place? You see, the thing is. Is Jesus words of saying if you don't forget your brother, then your father will not forgive you in heaven That strikes us as difficult because here's the thing Are we saying that God doesn't want to forgive us? No, that doesn't sound right. And yet what is Jesus trying to get at? What is Jesus trying to say at this moment? The question then comes is whether or not you truly know you need forgiveness when you haven't been willing to forgive someone else who needed it too. And I want to pause because that is really what this entire passage is turning on. Did the servant really realize what he actually escaped from? That's the thing that strikes us is that he's over there begging for this not to happen and it doesn't happen And then he goes back into his world as if nothing had happened Don't we sometimes do that as the church? We say we have been forgiven of our sins week after week When we go back into our lives Do we actually what we've truly been forgiven of. Do we truly see that when we are going to our fellow human beings? The thing is is that there are many things that we find ourselves expected to forgive others for. See, sometimes there are things that we are expected to forgive others for when they do something on purpose. Whenever somebody you know has said something snide to you at work They have deliberately tried to needle you and tried to push you And you know that they know what they're doing and yet somehow you're supposed to forgive them for that But then we pause and We say what about the times when we did something knowing exactly what we were doing and in the back of our mind? What were we saying? I'm justified in this they deserve it they need me to treat them like this because they need to get how terrible they've been I need to show them how terrible that they've been I'm not supposed to forgive them because then they won't get it or the times whenever somebody does something on accident like you know using the wrong service bulletin And as much as we might think oh well of course we forgive somebody for doing something on accident but do we always? The times whenever we know something wasn't intentional but in the back of our minds there's still sometimes a little bit of seething Like man, I can't believe that person did this again. I can't believe that they failed us again. I can't believe Yes, it's an accident, but they should have done better. They should know better. But then we don't remember the times when we stumbled, when we should have known better, when we should have learned from previous things and we were the ones who need to be forgiven. Or the third time, to forgive someone because of a situation. I was supposed to go see a friend of mine uh, uh, for dinner a few weeks back. He's been here in Houston because of, of cancer treatments. I actually don't know how much longer he has left, but I got COVID. I wasn't trying to get COVID. I've done everything I can not to get COVID, but I still had it. And I messaged him and I said, I can't meet this day. I don't know if I don't know how bad it is and then we're like we'll reschedule. Okay And then that day comes and I'm still not I haven't gotten my second negative test I have not gotten the first one yet, and I'm like I I want to see you buddy. I, I, I really do I, uh, And he's like dude my white blood cell count. I'm like I, I know I know And by the time I got over it he was on his way back to Alaska where he lives There's a good chance I'll see him again. There's also a good chance I may not on this side of the resurrection. But the truth is is that part of it wasn't even a question of whether he was willing to forgive me, but even whether I'm willing to forgive myself. Because there have been times whenever others have canceled on me for things, and I know they have a very good reason for why they canceled. And yet there's still this little piece of me that's like, you were supposed to bring the shrimp. And pausing and being able to say, yeah, but how many times have I been forgiven? And the truth is, is that sometimes we know we're supposed to forgive. But we don't always want to. And that was something that, that, that I've always kind of like tried to get in my head. It's like, well, I don't feel like I want to forgive. Okay. But I know I'm supposed to forgive. Yes, Okay but there's the seething. Okay, yes, what am I supposed to then do about that? Now I'm suffering through this, so now I can't seem to get over these feelings, does that mean that now God can't forgive me? Let's be honest, there are things that happen that are pretty terrible, and it is hard to not have emotions because of those. There's a story of Corey ten Boom, who had been brought in to a Nazi prison camp at a time after they had been doing their best, she and her family, to hide those who were Jewish from the government. And that while they were in prison, others in her family died. And she survived long enough to be released from there to be able to leave. But right before the release, maybe even just days or weeks beforehand, her sister passed as well. And years later, and she was going from town to town, country to country, speaking of the forgiveness of God in a post-World War II Europe where people needed hope. And at the end of one of her speeches comes up a man and she immediately knows who he is because he was one of the guards. And immediately he comes up and he thrusts his hand in front of her and says, I don't know if you know me, but I was one of the guards at this prison. And she's standing there thinking, how do you think I don't know who you are? And he puts his hand in front of her and says, I know that God has forgiven, but I'm asking for you to forgive me. What do you think is going through her heart and her mind? You haven't been in the exact same situation, but you've been in situations. Those moments when you know exactly what they did and you know that they do not deserve your hand. And all she can do is say, God, I can't do this, but I can put my hand out." And that's the thing, is that we're human beings. We have not gone through the resurrection yet. We have not been perfected. I do not expect that now after my magical rocky four words up here, that now you have now figured out everything and your heart will never struggle again. I know mine still does. But the question is, are you willing to try? Because the thing that Jesus is getting at is that for those who are not forgiving Is that they are holding to something because they think that it matters more Than what God would do if we let go Because here's the thing Do we actually want the world to change? Do we actually want the world to be filled with hope and love and forgiveness? Do we want those things? Because the thing is, is that if we're holding on to the hurt and the pain, is that person going to see any reason to change at all? Because the only thing that actually changes is forgiveness. The actual thing that only changes the world is sacrifice. The only thing that actually makes a difference is following after God as we know from the one who did it perfectly. And even as Christ is saying, you are forgiven of all the things that have been in your life, I'm asking you, can you forgive a person for one thing? One thing. And then Peter says, how many times do I have to do it? And no, he wasn't making up a number. Seven really did come from different places. Amos Six, uh, Amos two verse six, Job thirty three, various places where the idea of completion, where it says forgiving three times, even four. But the thing is, is that even there, is we still try to limit ourselves. And my challenge to you today is, why? So this morning. I, I'm not up here trying to get you to say, okay, now you need to keep remembering how terrible of a person you are so that you can now, now like, yeah, I see you there, Yusuf. I, I know how, how terrible you are. Yeah, horrible, horrible guy, smiling and volunteering all the time. How dare you? But rather is to say all those things have already been let go. Do you want the joy of the Lord to go further than just you? if we truly want that then we have to ask God why am I holding on to this how can I let it go and God if I haven't yet can you at least help me to do some things so that maybe they don't see the darkness I'm still struggling with and maybe over time I can learn how to truly forgive Because I can tell you the times whenever we hold on to it, well, all we create is pain. But when we can actually let go, then maybe the cross goes beyond just us and our own head. Amen?